Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for High Velocity Radio. Lee Cantor here, another episode of High Velocity Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. Today on the show, we have Jeremy Gustafson, and he is with Intelligent Leadership Executive Coaching. Welcome, Jeremy. Thanks, Lee. Nice to see you again. Well, I'm, ex- I'm excited to, to learn uh, what you're up to. Tell us about ILIC. How are you serving folks? Right. So our, our primary focus is in um, leadership coaching. So we do stay focused on that, although we do coach people at different levels. So C-suite and VP directors, but also my favorite group to work with are emerging leaders or people making or thinking about making a, a change in their career, either a wholesale change or moving up within their existing organization or similar. Now, have you always been involved in coaching, um, or is this kind of a second act for your career? Uh, a bit of a second act, but I would say this. In my 25 years uh, in business, largely leading marketing and, and creative firms, uh, a huge part of my job and the part I enjoyed the most was coaching and mentoring uh, the talent, You know, both acquisition, development, and uh retention when it made sense, but also coaching people to, you know, to help them move on if that was the, the, the right time for them as well. Now, is there a kind of a story you can share about where coaching made a difference in your career, whether it's you coaching someone and taking them to a new level or you being coached yourself to help you grow? I think I think uh, both have occurred uh, many times. The one that strikes me in terms of being coached was as a young executive, always feeling I had to know the right answer. You know, always, always tiptoeing around that, and and having um, the uh, the COO of our uh, holding firm say to me one day, it, "It's okay to say I don't know," and those simple words, "I don't know," were so powerful and liberating, and showing vulnerability. Although I didn't know what that was at the time, turns out to be one of the one of the key aspects of coaching and being coached. Uh, as far as um, as a coach in my last two years with ILEs, I've joined just about two years, it'll be two years in uh, coming up here in June. Um, I would say the marked difference in those that are experienced huge growth versus more modest growth uh, is, is the decision to be vulnerable and really truly look at themselves and, and work, you know, work the system and our processes and, and the philosophy and, you know, each, each journey is unique and different, but that vulnerability concept is one that I see as the key to success. Now, how have you seen the coaching profession evolve? Um, at the beginning of your career, it was probably only for a handful of folks, maybe the highest of the high performers. And now it seems like it's trickling down to more and more people in the organization and they get to benefit. Right. And um, part of what we do when a leader decides they're, they're perhaps wanting wanting a coach to help become a better leader is you know, they kind of, they go public with that, that statement within their organization. And that engenders, again, shows vulnerability, but engenders a lot of pride within the ranks that our leader wants to be better. And ultimately there's interest that picks up. And once um, a higher level leader or manager goes through this, they will often ask us to come in and do one-to-one or even some group coaching um, as, as well as leadership workshops. So it's definitely trickled down. And like I said, my favorite group, uh, to work with these days have been that those emerging leaders because they're just so ready and eager for the help. And uh, it's it's really rewarding to see the growth and see what they've gone on. Now that I've been in the coaching practice long enough, 
to keep up with some of the folks that I've worked with, I can see that it's really made a, a huge difference now, in can, their career paths. Now, can you talk about the decision you made? Um, you were, you've had a career that, uh, as you mentioned, was very robust and, and touched a lot of different people in a lot of different places. And then at some point you said, you know what, I'm going to go out on my own as a coach. And then from that point, you could have just been Jeremy, the coach, um, sharing what you've learned based on all your history and your, your work history and your career. But you said, no, I'm going to partner with the Intelligent Leadership Executive Coaching uh, Program, and I want to kind of use their methodology and use their tools to help me be better at this coaching thing. What was the thought process there? Did you consider going out on your own, or were you always looking for a partner in this regard? Um, you know, I, I did consider, and in fact, I received two life coaching certifications prior to joining ILEC and getting the master coach certification through them. So I did have some of that behind me and I was doing uh, some coaching. Um, what I like about ILEC is that we're all independent business owners. There's, I think, 13 of us now. It's a fairly elite group at this point, two years in, all of which have robust business, military, and other lifetime backgrounds and experiences. Um, but I wanted to be in business for myself but I really enjoy be the time with the clients, right? Finding clients, developing clients, coaching clients. And I've never been a big fan of the back office kinds of stuff. I'm kind of a marketer, strategic guy by trade. And so the fact that I've got a group that, that really does handle a lot of the, the business aspects, administrate, administrative aspects behind us, as well as, of course, the whole program, the philosophy, the process, and, and the tools, and, and the training that we've received. So it's uh, it was an um, interesting decision. I knew I wanted to be in business for myself. Um, after working really across four firms, uh, either startups or roll-ups, all of which recap successfully, um, I felt it was time, as part of that exec team, uh, I really felt like it was time for me to be at the helm and, um, you know, and, and run my own business and, and enjoy the things that come from that, the flexibility, decision-making, the responsibility and accountability, uh, and so on. Now, you mentioned that um, you're really enjoying working with emerging leaders. Did that Was that kind of your first move of, hey, I'm going to work with emerging leaders, or was that something that you kind of discovered over time after kind of working with the different, uh, different groups of people? You know, that, that's developed a little bit. Uh, given my, my startup and roll-up experience, I was fairly certain, and you can't know what you don't know at the time you enter a, a, a new gig, uh, that I would be working with um, a lot of execs at startups, at, you know, mid-stage startups, you know, like B-stage, you've got some funding, it's time to grow. And, you know, they may have not received a lot of leadership training. They might be brilliant technologists, brilliant strategists, or brilliant creative people, but that leadership side might be a little bit underdeveloped in their case, just based on where they've been and what they've done. And so that really was where I saw my focus to begin with. Um, but as that developed and talking with those folks, uh, as they're bringing people on, you know, and putting them in their first management or leadership role, I prefer the word leadership over management, but both are necessary. Um, they saw the need uh, for coaching and development and really giving those folks the confidence, but also giving those leaders the confidence that their people are are you know being trained in some of the best practices of leadership and it's been proven across now about 10,000 executives over 10 years through the ILEC parent 
Now, when you're working with these emerging leaders, uh, you mentioned earlier the importance of uh, vulnerability, maybe a little humility, and a lot of those folks didn't get to where they are at that this moment by being humble and vulnerable in their minds. They got there because they were the smartest person in the room or they had stumbled upon something brilliant. How do you kind of open them up to the power of being vulnerable? Well, you know, we we use a, a variety of, of fairly comprehensive assessments at the front end, uh, sometimes even pre-engagement just to show people you know, a little bit of a baseline where they are. And one of the things that we look at are natural abilities across nine different leadership traits. You know, you're born with these, these gifts and some are, you know, more developed and we're all a mix of those. Uh, But also we take a look at the maturity levels in those. And often we see high natural ability, but without the corresponding maturity level. And I think once folks see that and I talk, get them talking about examples and that's what a coach will do. We don't tell folks what to do. We get them talking, thinking, and, and you know, feeling their way through the process themselves. The vulnerability generally starts to emerge uh, because most folks are surprised by some of the results in these assessments, but none of them deny, have, in, on, on my watch, have denied, yeah, that's not me. They've always said, yep, yep, that's, that's me. That sounds right. And they're admitting this to themselves in the mirror we, as a coach, we basically act as a mirror for their own self-discovery. And so it, it's, it's really wonderful to see how the, the system, the philosophy, the tools, and the coaching experience brings that out in these folks. And you're right. They did not get there by being humble or showing humility. And many of them feel that those are weaknesses. And, and as we know, you know, servant leadership is probably the most, one of the most powerful things in life, let alone business. Now, for you personally, this uh, transition into coaching, I would imagine there has to be some challenge in that having a career of somebody who has achieved all that you've achieved and rolled up your sleeves and made things happen and, and, you know, created something out of nothing a lot of times, and then now you're being the mirror, and now you're being the Sherpa to help someone else succeed. Was that transition difficult, or, or did part of what ILIC helped you with is kind of retrain yourself to be more of the person that's a guide rather than the doer? Um, I think more the latter, although I would tell you in getting into this business, I always did see myself developing a, a practice that was that may go beyond me, right? So um, a leadership practice under the ILEC umbrella um, that, you know, where we were developing strategies for companies and which I've done my whole life, but if you don't coach folks, you can hand them a new strategy and they'll just fall back into their, their old gifts. And so I'm able to do some of that and work with different people in different roles. But um, as, as far as that, yeah, it was, uh, I learned something new personally in every session and certainly in every journey with each person I coach and about myself uh, and about leadership, which has been a really phenomenal thing. So Anything that um, I may have been missing from that side, I've, I've found in, in wonderful new gifts. So now you mentioned earlier um, that you had a story to share about a client that um, I guess was re-entering the workforce, that they are transitioning right. into a new adventure. Can you share a little bit? Uh, obviously, don't name the name, but maybe the lesson yeah. behind uh, the journey. 
Yeah, um, it was really powerful. And this is someone I had worked with in the past, in fact, was my client at one of my marketing agencies. Um, has been watching my practice grow and uh, we've stayed in touch over the years, but um, he was ready to, uh, after sabbatical and COVID and some things, he was ready to reenter the workforce. He had a fortunate situation where all that was, was okay for him. And um, he really wanted some coaching. And I think something was gnawing at him about that. And as we got into it and we took a look, indeed, what I mentioned earlier, some of his natural abilities as a creative marketing person, the, the artist side, the thinker side, um, and the creative side were, were very high natural abilities, but very low maturity because he had spent 19 years in a marketing role inside a Fortune 50 company where he had to be a driver and an arbitrator most of the time. So while those weren't clear runaway natural abilities, he's pretty strong across the board, but those were lower than the ones I mentioned. His maturity levels through the roof on those things. But what that did was he really got to see him, himself as who he, you know, who he really was. And, and the things that he said as he went into these interviews, and he was interviewing with CEOs of startups that were, you know, you know, three, four hundred people growing fast, high pressure, as well as, you know, some of the some of the large, you know, um, big four consulting firms and, and such. So a variety. But he said, as I go through this process and the work with you, I'm thinking completely differently uh, that being out of my comfort zone might actually be my true comfort zone, meaning his natural, you know, playing to his natural abilities. He said his confidence was through the roof. And he knew at that point that he could just go take a safe job in a similar you know, corporate marketing role, but he said, I, now I know I want more and that I can do it. Um, and he said this, you know, it really, it really does work. So while we went down a leadership path because he's run fairly large teams, you know, 40, 50, 60 people at times um, as a leader, um, being in that role in a corporation, you know, it, he didn't have a need to flex those creative muscles so much. But so as he went through these, he, he said, he could hear our discussions in his interviews and he could see these people through some of the lenses that we had put him through. And he knew he had much higher confidence of who he might gel with um, versus not as he went through these interviews. And a lot of them were panels. Of course, he'd interview at his level five, six, seven folks. Um, and so it, it really pushed him to think very differently by getting to know himself a lot better after 25 years in the workforce. He's still just getting to know himself. So in a way, he was emerging uh, as a, you know, a creative and and an artist talent um, within himself. But that was that was extremely rewarding. And he ultimately did land a, an excellent job. And, you know, I stay in touch with my clients. And um, after his first month or six weeks or so, um, he's got a very um, objective view of of this new role and, and where he fits in and how and, uh, and where he can take it. So um, it was really interesting to see that, that change in somebody who had been in a certain role for so long. Right. He had seen himself a certain way and you were able to kind of open his eyes to a new way. And once you see something, it's hard to unsee it. And then that became kind of the truth that he really believed it resonated. And he, he got the belief that maybe he needed that nudge uh, to trust what probably he felt in his gut all along. Exactly. He knew something was there. He just wasn't sure quite what it was. So we were able to, we were able to uh, help him, help him determine that. 
through, like I said, comprehensive tools and processes and, and exercises, getting down to that core purpose. And what does he really want? It's a really hard question to answer. Uh, I say that from personal experience and, um, and watching people go through it as well. But once they do, like you said, it's very hard to unsee something once, once you see it about yourself. Now, um, is there any advice you can give the listener right now, something that's actionable that they could do right this second today uh, that could help them open their eyes to maybe what is possible? Sure. Uh, I mean, if someone's thinking about that, you know, obviously um, talking with a coach um, and most of us, including me, will do complimentary coaching sessions to see if there's a fit. Uh, and help people understand the processes and things like that better. So, you know, if they invest, you know, 30, 45 minutes um, in a conversation like that, uh, they may have a better idea if that's a path they would want to pursue. Uh, and if so, what, what kind of coach, right? Whether it's life, leadership, nutrition, you know, there's a, I, a, I don't know how many now, but there are a lot of coaches and a lot of types of coaches out there right now. Um, but yeah, if they've got questions, um, there are a lot of quality organizations and a lot of a lot of quality coaches that I know would be willing to to talk with them to give them a better idea of what that could do for them. But I think if I could just say one thing, I think if they ask themselves, you know, what am I really good at? What do I really want to be doing? Uh, and what do I really want? Right. I think a lot of people are rethinking those things based on what we've all been through the past couple of years. And um, I've seen it. And um, as, as they do that, you know, there, a lot of people are, are surprising themselves with, with uh, changes that they're making in their life and their careers. Yeah. I think a lot of times people are now not settling. They're, you know, kind of going for that brass ring and they're not waiting maybe uh, till the end they're They were taking action sooner and having a coach by your side can really accelerate things and smooth down that learning curve. Yeah, that that's the key there is, is really, truly accelerate that. And the work I did with the with the gentleman I was speaking about, um, you know, I think we, we probably had 12 or 14 sessions over a nine or 10 week period, which was about the length of his, his job search, which is about pretty normal. And uh, we compacted those up front and and truly, you know, move through this stuff. You can't compress it. Um, not always things emerge on their own timeline, right? Not everybody's ready to admit things right away, but um, there's there's a natural path for each person. Well, Jeremy, if there's somebody out there that uh, wants to learn more about your practice, what is the um, is there a website? Is there a way to get a hold of you to take advantage of that complimentary first session? Yes, Lee. Um, you can go to my website, which is gustafsoncoaching.com. It's G-U-S-T-A-F-S-O-N coaching.com. And there you can book a meeting. I've got my calendar set up. Anyone can grab time on there. And it says complimentary session, uh, maybe do an assessment, give them a better idea, um, and see if, see if it warrants uh, you know, further discussion. Good stuff. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing important work, and we appreciate you. Thanks, Lee. Great to talk with you. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on High Velocity Radio. 